0: Hi guys, and welcome back to 2021 on our podcast. So it's a new year. We have some high expectations for this year, and um, we're just glad to be out of 2020. So we all hope that you had a great New Year's Eve and come into the new year safe and well. So just to start off, we might introduce ourselves. So my name's Emily. I'm calling in from Denmark. And with me today, I have Nicholas. Say hi. Hello calling in from Germany. We also have Dagny. Hello, also coming coming in from Germany. We also have Bia. Hi, another one from Germany. And last but not least, we also have Mira. Hi, I'm from, well, I'm calling in from France at the moment. So it should be an exciting podcast. We're going to Take a little review of 2020. We're gonna set some expectations and also some hopes for the new year. So I would like to start off with talking about women's rights, just a little overview of 2020. So in um, 2020, we have worked a lot on abortion laws, both in Poland and Slovakia, um, as both countries wanted to change the abortion law to, uh, to a to law that was very restrictive and endangering the help of many, many women and girls and while violating their human rights so for example in slovakia they wanted to increase the waiting period at extra consultations and also gain information that was not medically needed uh, in poland they just wanted to further restrict the abortion law which is already the most tough abortion law in europe uh, which means that it would be almost impossible to actually get an abortion in poland Um, luckily In Poland, they froze the bill, uh, which was a temporary victory for us, which means they'll take the bill up in the new year. In Slovakia, they just flat out rejected the bill, which is very, very nice for us. We also talked a lot about sex education in Poland. This is a campaign started in 2019, um, but going into 2020. this is a bill that would criminalize sex education, which is a big problem, not just because of STDs, pregnancy, but also because it would um, it would make sure that people didn't talk about personal boundaries, consent, and other personal growing up stuff that's important to talk about. This bill was also frozen in Poland. We've also seen some good signs, some light at the end of the tunnel for women's rights. In Denmark, where I'm calling in from, we just passed a new legislation, which means that uh, we now have a consent based rape law. We are the 12th country in Europe to have this law, which we are very excited about. So we are hoping very much in the future that other countries will follow in our footsteps and become the 13th, 14th and 15th countries to have this rape legislation. During the pandemic, women's rights have been a very very important topic to work upon as we have been very scared to see an increase in gender-based and domestic violence as almost every one of us has been um, asked to stay home for almost all of 2020 we have been a lot of a lot at home which means that um, domestic violence and rape sexual violence has been at an all-time high so already pre-pandemic like one out of five women in europe had experienced domestic violence so we were very concerned that these statistics was going to increase due to the pandemic and everyone staying at home and um, so one of our big focuses is making sure that everyone take care of of women in europe um so that was making sure that uh, prosecutions wasn't being delayed due to the pandemic making sure that everyone was still like on top of their police work and not just pushing it aside because we are amidst a pandemic. Um, we also had uh, a big concern about uh, health facilities closing down, so like abortion clinics, um, other gynecologists, other important health services that women need. And a big concern as well was um, women on the move, so um, migrants, people staying. Uh, close together or being on the roadside just making sure that they weren't uh, further sexually harassed or violence or in any way felt unnecessarily aimed at or targeted during the pandemic these are of course still major concerns for us as we are still in a pandemic in 2021 at least here in the beginning so this is work we are still working on yeah, I think that was that. Talk about women's rights. So I think, Dagny, you would like to talk about LGBT rights in twenty twenty.
1: Sure.
2: So I just wanted to give a quick overview of the situation on LGBTI people's rights, and I'm going to focus on Poland um, because Poland has actually been the main hotspot for um, breaches of the. So in the past year, a lot of things have happened and um, the actions basically started with, as Amelie said, um, the ban on sexual education regulations in Poland. And we also have had some um, ongoing um, issues, um, such as the case of the three activists um, that printed and spread um, a graphic of um, Virgin Mary with a rainbow halo in in Poland. And those have been um, accused and persecuted. And the case of those activists um, is actually um, still going on. And that has been something that um, the public eye has been focused on um, in the past year. I think the most important thing that has happened is um, the protests on the 7th of um, August when an LGBTI activist called uh, Margo got arrested. And um, this triggered a huge wave of solidarity protests um, that were brutally silenced by the police. Um, Some activists got arrested. And this actually triggered a huge debate um, in the perilous society about the the rights of LGBTI people. I think it's also important to mention the the background um, of the situation, which is that LGBTI people have been targeted as a group in Poland by the government's very hostile rhetoric. So all of those situations, all of these events of the past year, they have been fueled for the last few years at least this is not an entirely new situation and incidence of these problems is only increasing um, with time because of that very harmful rhetoric. So in summary, 2020 was not great for LGBTI rights in Poland, but we're hoping that within the next year, some things are going to change as there is discourse right now within the society and i think there is room for improvement
3: another country which had uh, problems with lgbt rights, lgbti rights uh, this year was hungary um so lgbti rights were significantly violated in hungary since well, already the beginning of this year but mainly since march um when hungary entered the emergency state of danger um, as the spread of the pandemic got worse and uh, there were bills that were passed um, at the beginning of the year which said that your gender was only defined by at the state of your birth and you couldn't redefine your gender after your birth uh, which basically made it impossible for um the lgbti community to change their gender um later in the course of their lives and um, Made it also impossible for to, to change the, their gender on official documents, which is even worse because um, they will always be confronted with the fact that they basically identified with another gender, but had to show these things on a passport, on a on an identity card, on a driver's license, which makes them subject to really um, daily harassment and. Um, Yeah, furthermore, in November, propositions were made by the government uh, overnight um, which said that a family is just constituted by a male and a female and which basically means and excluded uh, the LGBTI community from the adoption of a child or marriage. And we basically saw this and discussed this already in a podcast, which was our first podcast, which came out this year with uh, Desiru and Pete from Hungary, um, the first a LGBTI um, activist and a minority groups activist and the second a youth group activist and um, yeah so our first podcast, This Country Does Not Deserve Me, um, clearly addresses the problems that were with the LGBTI rights in Hungary and yeah sadly um, although all our efforts and the efforts of opponents have not have not uh, really achieved a lot at the moment and in the year of 2020 um, because the Hungarian government was, didn't respond a lot to what the opponent said and, um, and we also reflected on these problems in our second podcast. Um, yeah, and basically, as I said already before, our first and second podcast has showed not only how the LGBTI Rights were violated in Hungary, but also how minorities were uh, were badly treated in Hungary itself. And I think, yeah, maybe Nicholas, uh, you wanted to address minorities in general,
0: so take the lead.
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think um, the LGBTI. Yeah, this this topic kind of feeds into the topic of minorities. Minorities in this this instance uh, is defined by us as mostly um, migrants. People on the Move, um, and Roma. Um, It's not like there aren't other minorities, but it's just those two big groups that have been the focus of our work in 2020 the most. Um, yeah, Spe- specifically, well, a little bit like, like um, women, um, minorities have been disproportionately hit um, by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and this particularly, um, affects that, um, police is treating uh, minorities differently. Um, so we've had more police checks, um, of, of, um, migrant camps. We've had, um, police action against Roma camps. Um, we've had police violence against, um, informal settlements of migrant camps, for example, in Bulgaria, France, and Slovakia. Um, and then we have the socioeconomic effects of the pandemic that's just very strongly affecting minorities. So the effects of um, poverty and then the access to healthcare, also, just to name two, would be two points where um, minorities are disproportionately hit by the pandemic. Um, Yeah, just giving a few examples of that treatment by the state towards minorities. Um, We have had um, militarized quarantines um, for 10 Roma settlements in Bulgaria and Slovakia. Um, We've had, um, on the specific topic, we've had the uh, UN special rapporteur calling the treatment of, of Roma... Um, a violation of the principle uh, principle of of non-discrimination and equality so we've we've, we've had a clear recogni- uh, recognition that um, the treatment of Roma has been against human rights um, we've had um, severe food shortages um, in settlements going on um, we've had very little assistance towards Roma and very very limited medical supplies and um, And then, yeah, we also had um, abusive use of force um, also against uh, Roma children in Slovakia, for example. Um, Regarding migrants, um, we've also had, um, similar to to, uh, Roma settlements, uh, mandatory quarantines um, for refugee camps, uh, among others, in um, Cyprus, uh, Greece and Serbia. Um, We've also had um, the harassment, uh, eviction, um, and um, arbitrary use of force um, by police in France um, against uh, refugees. Uh, Refugees in France, for example, also similar to to Roma camps, limited access to water, sanitation, uh, housing. Um, So these are really, really bad conditions that we've seen. Um, in regard to refugee rights in a sense connected to to the the COVID-19 pandemic but also just a really bad situation even without a pandemic really. Um, And then what we've also seen is not only are the refugees that are already in the country treated badly um, but there's also been mistreatments of um, refugees trying to get to Europe. So um, there's reports of uh, 194 alleged pushbacks um, to Turkey of, of refugees um, trying to come to Greece. Um, we've had um, police violence again from um, Greek authorities um, against um, asylum seekers. Um, that would be, yeah, Greece. Um, then Hungary has also been um, the subject um, to some some human rights uh, violations against uh, asylum seekers, um, as they've been closing um, these so-called transit zones um, where refugees uh, are supposed to be arriving. Um, but Hungary, um, maybe to surprise of some uh, to some of you, um, has also been um, a rare case of some good news. Um, for, for the rights of migrants um, in 2020. Uh, on the 14th of May, um, the Court of Justice of the EU has ruled that um, keeping people in transit zones um, for more than four weeks uh, amounts to unlawful detention. Um, so this is um, like a, a, a reminder to the Hungarian government um, that they have to treat um, refugees in a humane way um, so, this, that's been a major success uh, in the area of minority rights. Um, there's also been a positive judgment um, by the European Court of Human Rights uh, in Strasbourg um, for Romania, in which um, yeah, the rights of, of, of um, migrants have been strengthened. Uh, so, yes, um, that would be uh, some of the points that we have to raise when we talk about minority rights? Jo. Before you
0: continue, I jo. think Bea would like to add something to the minorities talk.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Sorry. well,
0: I, I think like in
4: nearly all of your contributions until now, I heard something about police violence. And that's just my topic, unfortunately. But I think it's something we really have to talk about in Europe. So you remember Dagny talked about about the LGBTIQ community, who were really affected in their protests. Nicholas talked about other minorities. So I think this already shows it's not that there's individual racism, which is already a problem, but we really have institutional problems. We have structural discriminations, and it's also something that hasn't come up just with the pandemic like we know it has been there before as with a lot of other effects it has affected minority even more than other people but it's a problem that has been persisting during years and it's really the moment to go for it like to go and make a change in this because i think also Of course, protesting was difficult, but we still tried it. And for example, we had movements like Black Lives Matters that showed racism is something we have to work on and we have to change it. And also, for example, like, of course, it's not only about like the color of the skin or something, but it's about having a police that protects people, that works for the people, and if we have, as Nicolas said, like if we have identity checks that affect some people more than others, if we have excessive violence, this is not the kind of police we need in Europe.
0: Thank you so much, Pia. So, Nicolas, would you like to tell us a little bit about
1: the rule of law? Yes, so um I think when we talk about police violence, I mean this is kind of related to rule of law to a certain degree, in the sense that we're talking about structural issues and that, you know, obviously the police is an arm of the state in that sense, contributing to the rule of law. Um, but yeah, just talking a little bit about, you know, some of the other issues in this in this, this part. Um, rule of law, um, again, to, um, success shouldn't be surprising, but the rule of law actually saw probably the biggest success that we've had in 2020, Um, And that is that, um, again, coming from um, the European Court of Justice, um, which declared um, the Hungarian uh, lex NGO um, against EU law. And uh, just a reminder to those new to uh, Hungarian politics and Hungarian warfare against NGOs, as you can call it, um, I think since 2018... Um, There's been a law in Hungary that has forced any NGO to declare themselves a foreign agent if they're receiving donations uh, from outside of Hungary. Which means organizations like Amnesty International, um, which are international and hence sometimes Support their movements in other countries. Um, that would apply. Um, so, for example, um, Amnesty have receiving money from I know Germany, for example, would have to declare uh, itself an, an agent of of foreigners, um, which severely damages the reputation of of uh, NGOs working um, well. Working in Hungary, really, um, and that's that's has has affected the work of NGOs, among others, Amnesty International. So reducing donations, um, making campaigning really challenging. So um, the fact that the the European Court of Justice declared this this law um, legal, basically, was a huge success, and. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, that, that, that is basically our, our highlight of, of the year. And um, coming from Hungary, where good news is very, very rare, uh, I think that is something that we have to think of, that there has been positive developments uh, last year as well.
0: Thank you for that insight into the rule of law. I think we'll go straight ahead with Mira talking about France.
3: Yeah, so our last point on the 2020 review is France, um, and there have been a few things going on, especially in spite of the pandemic. Um, So to start with, um, there was a policing, the pandemic review, uh, which came out this year as well, um, which addressed the disproportionate use of uh, force by law enforcement officials and racial profiling and racist and homophobe insults which were also exercised by law enforcement officials furthermore um, in september a big topic was the arrest of um peaceful protest um for which we also did campaigns. and uh, yeah many people here were in browns were arrested and prosecuted for committing acts of violence and which was actually an arbitrary arrest arresting, because um, most of the um peace most of the protesters was peaceful, as said before. Um, there was harassment of protesters for actions that should not be criminalized actually, so um that were all in, in, in the borders of the law and what was acceptable. Um, so um, yeah, the consequences of the harassment of protesters was basically that. Um, It restricted the freedom of movement and peaceful assembly. Um, It created feelings of anxiety and had deterring effects on participation in future protests. Whereas we know that France is a country where protests um, are very present. So uh, this was actually um, had had large consequences for the uh, country's culture as well. Then uh, furthermore, in May and November, there were actions against human and migrants' rights, rights defenders. So uh, for years, the situation of migrants living in informal camps in the north of, north of France has been of a great concern anyway, and this deteriorated even further during the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, which means that there were undignified living conditions, insufficient protection of the migrants against the virus, and actually, instead of helping those migrants in need, French authorities um, have actively hindered migrants' rights defenders from supporting those in need. They have given them fines, uh, ident- identity checks, uh, pre-charged detention um, for not respecting counter-COVID-19 measures while actually wanting to help migrants who were in need. And uh, yeah, there was the eviction of migrant camps in the north of France and at the French-Italian border um, in November 2020 and, and at Saint-Denis, which just happened in November as well. It also actually links within the protest point. There were protests uh, against the housing conditions of migrants and asylum seekers in France, which were also undermined uh, because um, the right for peace- peaceful protest was undermined, as said before. And then lately, um, there are reactions to the latest terror attacks, which happened in autumn, basically in November. So there was a bill which should have been passed, which is called Consolidating Republican Principles. And it's very difficult, actually, to know what this means um, because it's a a very vague formulation on the grounds um, on which an association can be dissolved. Um, It menaces uh, freedom of associations. And therefore hinders more the right to peaceful protest um, and also hinders human rights defenders and civil society organizations who want to, who want to fight against racial discrimination. And furthermore, there was this, the security bill um, which hasn't been passed yet. so it was adopted by the National Assembly in November. but this January this year, the bill will be examined by the Senate. And we're actually running a current campaign, a national campaign against it. And uh, yeah, in this bill, the article 2024 20, would uh, criminalize, criminalize taking pictures or shooting videos of law enforcement officials and defusing them with the intention to harm the office, officers' uh, physical or mental integrity. It actually prevents journalists and citizens from documenting acts of police violence. Um, and yeah article 21 and 22 um, would allow security forces to film citizens with cameras and drones and to directly access the video material so this bill actually actually supports security forces whereas it limits uh, individuals journalists and citizens from documenting the acts of police violence that have been in france this year so yeah we're running a national campaign and there are also things coming out soon on our social media channels uh, regarding the security bill.
0: Thank you, Mira. That was great. I think it's time to look at some expectations now. And isn't it just great to start with our most talked about topic of the year? So, Dagny, do you want to talk about Poland, please?
2: Sure. So, I think the expectations for next year, we should touch on three areas, and the first area is the abortion law that was uh, mentioned before. So the bill that was actually discussed in the parliament has been frozen, but then on the 22nd of October, the Constitutional Tribunal published a verdict that basically made the law in Poland even more restrictive than it was before. But the verdict still not um, has been published. It's published and this is actually um, a discussion that is still going on if if it is going to be published. Um, regardless of, of the publication and uh, of what is going to happen with it, I think the verdict triggered a wave of massive protests and also um, some political and social discourse about the matter. So I think that the discussion um, about the abortion laws in Poland is probably going to continue Um, Then the next thing is the case of the three activists that I mentioned before. So the hearings of these three activists have been postponed to the 13th of January this year, so very soon. And we will see what the verdict will be and if the freedom of speech and freedom of expression will be um, upheld in Poland or if the verdict um, is going to be different.
0: Thank you so much. I think
1: we'll move straight on to nicholas talking about hungary and some expectations yes so for hungary um we've talked a lot about hungary in the past so the stuff that they've introduced in the last year so restrictive laws um similar to to poland they've also done the justice reform trying to interfere with the work of the judiciary um so our expectations for hungary is that um, they're going to be starting to implement those new laws. Um, Similar to Poland, they might start removing immunities of judges. um, Well, obviously, the the, the effect of of, um, regulations against LGBTI, um, that's going to come to force fairly soon. So LGBTI people will feel the effect of these laws. Um, And then um, we can also expect that um, the Hungarian government is going to react at some point uh, to the positive news of uh, Lex NGO being cut by the the um, European Court of Justice so they um, as far as I know they haven't actually changed the law yet um, which means they first of all them they, they could follow um, the recommendations of the European Court of Justice um, but then again, they might also um, just make a new one that's just slightly different and try again. Um, so um, that is that's the fear that they might just um, yeah try to find measures to to work around um, the judgments uh, of the European Court of Justice. Um, there are no real active cases in Hungary, so not like in Poland where we can just say we're, we're going to campaign for these people. So that's that's a good thing at least um i think that would be it for expectations for hungary for the moment
0: thank you very much i think mira are you ready to talk about some expectations for france yes yes
3: sure i hope my connection stays um stay stable but yeah expectations and the outlook for 2021 in france so as i said before um there's a bill- which is going to um, be expected to be discussed in the Senate in January 2021, so this month, um, which is uh, the bill, on, well, the security bill, which I've talked before. Um, yeah, so our group's focus um, this year will be on the right to peaceful protest, um, and we will closely monitor further developments uh, regarding the two bills that have been passed or will be passed, or either not will passed, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, so we will monitor current, current. We will monitor current developments. Um, uh, we continue to do social media, and post a com- uh, post a campaign um, will be running as well until April 2021. And yeah, we have promotions um, and the petition addressing the French president Emmanuel Macron, which will come up on our social media account very soon as well. And yeah, this is all accompanied by um, lobbying efforts at the German Foreign Ministry and the German Bundestag regarding uh, peaceful protest and the undermining of the right to protest in France, which we hope will um, better itself with the, well, with the better prospects of COVID-19 as well.
0: Thank you so much. Um, last for expectations is Bea with police violence. Yes, so maybe just uh, on police violence, I
4: think we really have a triple threat. So I would like to propose, like, also three very concrete measures we would need, like, as expectations from Amnesty. First of all, we need transparent and independent research projects on structural racism and also on um, police impu- impunity and unlawful use of voice as we've already listened to in, in many many examples we need anti-racism trainings that are mandatory and also we need independent and effective complaint and investigations mechanisms because also people that are directly affected they need effective remedies. This is also essential with regard to the rule of law. So I think in 2021, if the pressure is uphold, we can see changes towards these measures. And for example, Mira just talked about the law in France. This law would have probably passed already if it hadn't been for civil society, if it hadn't been for organizations like Amnesty saying that we need the protection of human rights now in a pandemic more than ever and maybe also to give a second slightly positive example like we talk about expectations and we'll also talk about hope so i would say in germany my home country we definitely also have a lot of work to do on police violence And it has been a long struggle, but now government at least accepted to do kind of a first survey, which is still very broad, but I think attention has risen that we cannot ignore these points anymore.
0: Thank you. That sums up our expectations. And what is starting a new year without a little hope? So let's talk about hope for the new year. And uh, let's start with digital rights. So in digital rights, I can also add some
4: hopes. I think the the pandemic has shown that uh, we really depend on, on the digital realm at the moment. And this also means we have to reclaim our rights in that sphere, which would mean we have challenges such as for example automated discrimination or mass surveillance and i think it's a good moment also on the level of the european union to say our fundamental rights need to be the same online and offline
0: that sounds like a good hope. let's move on to the rule of law
1: uh, yes, thank you, Emily. So, um, the rule of law is one area where uh, we have um, high hopes and uh, somewhat concrete hopes as well. So, uh, some of you, those of you that have followed uh, the negotiations for the EU budget for this year, um, will have seen that the EU has uh, managed to agree on a compromise on a rule of law conditionality. Um, this conditionality means that uh, if certain eu countries uh, want to um, receive eu funds um, they have to comply by rule of law standards and um, this is particularly interesting for countries like poland and hungary which not only are the prime candidates to breach the rule of law but they are also prime recipients of eu funds which means um, this conditionality, as it has been agreed, could become a major instrument that you could use to strengthen the rule of law within the EU and, uh, like, put pressure on on, um, especially Poland and Hungary. Um, there have been like part of the compromise has been that um, the mechanism can't be used as long as any country is uh, legally questioning the process, um, which Hungary and Poland are doing, which means this is not a mechanism that's readily available. But our hope is that um, it will become available eventually this year. Um, Yeah, Bia, do you have anything to add on that?
4: Yes, maybe just shortly on the point of challenging this legislation because I would say there's also hope on the horizon because we know that the Court of Justice has some special procedures and they can actually act very quick. So like they can, I think, in important cases that it lasts like maybe 11 months or something. So of course it's 11 months too long, but still there's hope for 2021.
1: Yes. Thanks for that. Um, And obviously the rule of law conditionality isn't the only mechanism that the EU has to um, promote human rights and the rule of law. Um, There's also um, the Article 7 procedure, which is kind of the formal procedure that that, um, the EU can launch. Um, And not going to details, if you want to know what it does, Google it. or use a safer search engine. Um, but yes, the Article 7 procedure has been introduced um, in regard to Poland and Hungary. And uh, the slight problem with the rule of law or, or the, the Article 7 procedure um, has been that um, there haven't been any hearings on the Article 7 procedures since 2018. So two years now. And there were supposed to be hearings in December of 2020, so like a month ago, Um, but because of the ongoing pandemic, um, the meeting of the European Council, uh, where the hearing was supposed to take place, um, this this hearing or the meeting was was taking place virtually, and uh, Article 7 hearings can't take place in virtual meetings, therefore um, the hearing didn't take place. Um, which means now it is up to um, the um, council presidencies of um, Portugal, um, which is starting now, and then also uh, Slovenia, um, who's going to take over in June. Um, and these two countries have the opportunity to set the agenda for the for the uh, for the council, and then. Um, Put a hearing on the agenda, so we we hope that um, they're going to make use of of um, the Article Seven procedure and, and introduce a hearing. Um, yeah, so that would be mostly it for the rule of law.
0: Thank you so much. So let's quickly just
1: talk about the ECJ. Yes. So back to me. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. <laughs> so um, the ECJ. Um, the European Court of Justice. Um, like we don't have any concrete hopes that they might do anything, but I think if we look back at 2020, um, the ECJ has been a major source of positive developments. So um, you know, declaring Lex NGO in Hungary against EU law, and also uh, judgments um, defending migrants' rights. Um, so the, the, the European Court of Justice has been very active in um, defending human rights um, in the EU. And um, it can be reasonably expected they're, con- they're going to continue to do this in 2021. Again, we don't have any concrete cases where we can say they might do it in this and there. But um, I think the hope is that um, they're going to continue to do the good work that they've done in the past and that we might achieve some positive change coming um, out of the court.
0: Thank you so much. So for our last hope, I would like to talk about the hope for women's rights. So we expect in 2021 to look at the abortion bills in both Poland and Slovakia as well, actually, because the bill, as Dagny also explained, has been frozen in Poland. But we also um, expect, even though the bill was rejected in Slovakia, that they will reform it and bring it up again. And so we hope that it will be turned down once more. We also really hope that a lot of countries will follow the example of Denmark and get a consent-based rape law. We can already see some development in this area, both in Spain and in the Netherlands. So we just hope that a lot more European countries will take a step forward and start working on their rape laws as well. We also really want to keep focusing on women's rights during the pandemic. We still believe it's very important to keep in mind that a lot of domestic and gender-based, gender-based um, violence is happening during a pandemic. So it's important that to remember that the pandemic is not over and we still need to have a focus on this. So all in all, for 2021, we just hope that there's no discrimination against women, there's no gender-based violence, no domestic violence. We'll just hope for a good and safe year, everyone. So what do we want for 2021? We want a vaccine and good internet connection. Thank you so much for listening in today. So say bye. Bye.
1: i